just a couple of details about this first reading. Um, you notice in the early church that here you see St. Paul to Timothy describing what the church looked like, that the church had some structure in it, that early on there wasn't just like everybody's equal, but there were some who were called to lead. There were some people they called bishops or, or elders was the original term maybe. Um, and there were some expectations of how they were to live. There were some kind of strict teachings. Not easy to be a bishop back then, right? It's not, probably not much easier now. Um, how they're called to live and, and not live, what they're supposed to avoid. And the culture was different, so I, I kind of like, some people would read this and say, hey, look, bishops could be married back then. Deacons could be married back then. Well, the culture, I think, was different, and, and it probably was much more common to have multiple wives. And somebody might present themselves as deacon or bishop to, you know, a candidate for that, and they would be told, no, you've had, whatever, more than one wife. You're in your second or your third or your fourth. And they would be like, hey, that's not fair. I just want to make the point that the church early on had an authority to guide us in, in the way each position in the church, each role in the church is to be lived out. And over time, with the changing culture, at least the Western, the Catholic, the Roman Catholic Church came to appreciate as beautiful and awesome as marriage is, there is a greater calling in the, in the celibate life. And the bishops and deacons would be called, bishops would be called not to be married. And that is still the case in the Eastern or the Orthodox Christians. And deacons will be married only once. And still today, that's the case. Anyway, just worth commenting that those things come from, from early on, the sense of, of something about the calling to serve as the leaders in the community and how, you, how committed you are to a family life, it's, it's going to be limited. Um, I just love this, this gospel passage, and I want to touch on it, because as much as it's meaningful that Jesus could raise someone from the dead, this is the second person, I think, on record that he raised from the dead, um, by the way, he says, young man, I say to you, arise. Where have you heard that before? Young girl, I say to you, arise. Talitha kum. Talitha kum is probably the same word, almost. Maybe there's an O instead of an A. Talitha kum. But anyway, um, it's also Jesus Christ, Son of God, who knew everything that was going to happen to him, knew everything that was about to happen to each person. He would tell James and John, you will drink the cup that I must drink. And he himself, approaching Gethsemane, knew everything that was going to happen to him the next day. So I think as he sees this procession of a funeral passing forward, and he notices that this woman, who has no husband, and has just lost her son, I really think we can be certain that the heart of Jesus saw his own mother, what she would have to go through. And I think all the more on a very personal note, he was moved to do this miracle. Not just out of pity for a random person, but he was reminded, he was struck realizing, almost like a foreshadowing of the day his mother would have to walk out having no husband, processing with her son being carried behind her. And there would be no one to comfort her. There would be no one to stop that coffin, to touch it and say to her son, I say to you, arise. And then with a great sense of, of her, he did this miracle. Perhaps even to give her hope later on. Who knows? But it's, just, it's, it's worth pondering that the, the human heart of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the tenderness, that he might have been reminded of something she was going to go through and that, he did, and that moved him to do this miracle. We simply ask the Holy Spirit to help us to realize the gifts of God, the power of God, not only over our, our sins, over our suffering, but even over death itself, that we would approach it with no more fear, no more hesitation, but just resign ourselves to trusting God. Sometimes He can do the miracle. He can always do the miracle. Sometimes He does the miracle. Sometimes He doesn't. 
but we trust to him in all things, knowing that he's already won the greatest of miracles. Amen? Amen. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, pray for us.